Hi, podcast listeners, and welcome to Sandbox Radio Live, and our final episode of 2019, Journey's End, recorded in front of a live audience at Town Hall Seattle. It featured writing from Scott Augustson, Rich Gray, Elizabeth Heffron, and Maggie Lee, tons of music from maestro Angie Louise and the Sandbox Radio Orchestra, soprano Megan Renee Parker, and the drunken tenor Rob McPherson, an appearance by meteorologist Cliff Mass, and the return of our most popular guest ever, Seattle's very own Chief of Police, Carmen Best. Sandbox Radio! In the heart of downtown Rain City, Seattle. In tonight's episode, writing from Scott Augustin, Rich Gray, Elizabeth Heffron, Maggie Lee, and more. Special musical guests, soprano Megan Renee Parker, and the drunken tenor Rob McPherson, meteorologist Cliff Mass, and Seattle's very own Chief of Police, the fabulous Carmen Sandbox Radio players, there they are! And music from the Sandbox Radio Orchestra, led by our maestro and composer, Angie Louise! So, sit back and relax as we take you into the world of Sandbox Radio Live. by your drum set. Oh, wait. Are you Paul Allen? Maybe. But, but I think you're dead. That's one perspective. Oh, my stomach feels like... Yes, I mixed ayahuasca paste in that avocado toast you just ate. The nausea should pass soon, Jerry. Ayahuasca. An extremely potent psychedelic from the Amazon. Your trip should last between four to eight hours. Why would you do that? I understand you don't leave your apartment anymore. That, that's not true. 
Your voicemail box has been full for six months, and you're addicted to Netflix and YouTube. Okay, well, maybe, but why do you care? I think you should go outside, Jerry. Why are you doing this to me? You jobbed in once for my band, The Underthinkers. Yeah? That show at Mopop with Joe Walsh and Anne and Nancy Wilson from Hearts. Oh, yeah! Chrissy Hine from The Pretenders was there, too. You're a good musician. I'm a freelance coder now. That's all I got time for these days. Yet you binge on Peaky Blinders and cat videos. Yo, Paul, grab a broom! There's a giant cockroach crawling up your pant leg! Good. The ayahuasca's kicking in. This is the luckiest day of your life, Jerry Slimbottom. You're about to be visited by three Seattle spirits. (laughs) Don't say that! The first spirit is coalescing now. Goodbye, Jerry. Enjoy the life hack! Wait, what? What? Purple haze all in my brain. Lately, things don't seem the same. Acting funny, but I don't know why. Excuse me while I kiss the sky. This is not St. Joe's grade school? No, man! Not that far back. I'm talking the Seattle music scene of the early 90s. Nirvana, Mud Honey, Soundgarden. Allison, Chase, Pearl Jam, Mother, Love Bone. Them too! Hang on to your nuts, my friend. We'll crack in this universe. Uh, uh, oh, wait, what? You're taking my whole apartment? This is Iowa. Baby. But all my dirty underwear! You won't leave it, they come too! <laughs> I love the smell of this filthy city! Wow! A flying apartment! Yeah! Yeah, it was fishier, kind of grimier back then! Mm-hmm. Look at all the parking spaces. (laughs) So where are we going? To the Vogue or the Comet? Maybe the Weathered Wall? (gasps) Or there! Alongside the freeway, the off-ramp. I loved the off-ramp. I got a place in mind. Pioneer Square? Uh, What's happening? It's a quantum thing. We're mixing molecules with the OK Hotel. Okay, Hotel. I played a bunch of gigs here in the day. Now who's that on stage? Looks like a girl band. Well, that's the Brillo Pads! 
They used to open for a bikini kill and set in your bitch. Big Red, open up your car for Big Red. Don't you see? Don't give me no answers, nothing. Just give me my tap tap spray. Oh my God, it's it's who, Jerry? It's Heather with the purple mullet on the base. Oh, I had the biggest crush on that girl. Hang on, we're remingling! We just got here! Take a room with that menu or order something. I don't got all day. Oh, I remember this place with the abusive waitresses. Bob Murray's doghouse. Stop giving me moon eyes. Stop giving me moon eyes and order something besides coffee. You think I let you sit at my table because you smell good? <laughs> Oh, there's Heather and the Brillo pads. They're eating giant mounds of scrambled eggs and smoking cigarettes. And who's that dude sitting in the next booth sending her Spock eyes? Well, that's... That's me. Oh, look at me, I'm paralyzed. I wanted to talk to her so bad. And I was sort of hyperventilating at the time. I told myself I'd count to three, get up and go say hey. I counted to three... I counted the three about 50 times. Did you talk to her, Jerry? No. They finally put out their cigs in the eggs and split. Why did you bring me here? So I could wallow in my past failures. The very next day, I went out and bought a personal computer and cracked it open. I fed all my love into programming. It was the start of a beautiful friendship. Okay, I get it. I'm afraid of human interaction. Can I go home now? At your service, baby. Hendrix? Paul Allen? Why are you guys doing this to me, man? Well, maybe I need to stream some Orphan Black. Open up! It's the police! What? Police? Where's that avocado toast? Uh, just a minute. Coming! Can I help you, officer? I'm with the Seattle police. There's been a rash of avocado toast sightings in this neighborhood. Do you mind if I survey the premises, sir? Uh, sure, come on in. Is it laundry day, Jerry? <laughs> you look super familiar to me. For the record, when was the last time you made toast? Aren't you Seattle's chief of police, Carmen Best? I am. 
please answer the question. Toast? Your toaster feels suspiciously warm, and there's a burnt smell in the air. Don't open that trash canister! Aha! What will I find in there, Jerry? How does everybody know my name? I'm sorry, but I'm gonna have to take you in. What? I didn't know avocado toast was illegal. It's not the toast, Jerry. It's what's on the toast. Please, turn around. Oh my god. Ah, just kidding. <laughs> just messing with you. Woohoo. That's... <laughs> That's what apparitions do. It's in the manual. Sorry. You're looking at the spirit of Seattle present. Where are you going? Not me. We. We need to leave this apartment. Leave the apartment? Paul uh, and Jimmy gave me the 411 on you. All the Netflix and the YouTube. Not healthy, Jerry. I know, but I don't see the point to leaving. The point? I mean, you go outside and you have to deal with people and everybody's so different. And that's cool and everything, but it takes so much energy, you know, to understand them. Yes, it does. And then sometimes they might not understand you or are you too scared to look at your own paralysis Then you feel bad. Sometimes. So I funneled my life down to coding and sysadmin stuff. And I, I probably should go check my WhatsApp because I think there's a job I'm doing in Kansas where the website is just getting tons of error messages. Is this still about Heather? Heather? How do you know Jerry, about... Jerry, walk out of this door and get in the car. Is that an order? Yes. <laughs> this is Chief Best. I'm signing off. Roger that, Chief. Fasten your seatbelt, Jerry. We're putting the top down. Wow, a convertible police car. And it flies. It's your trip, Jerry. They're South Lake Union. Look at all those tall buildings. When did this happen? How long have you been in that apartment? <laughs> I guess a while. Things move along. Progress and all that. A lot of people doing a lot of things. A lot of good hearts down there, too. Yeah. Hey, the pink elephant car wash sign is still there. <laughs> there are places you'll recognize. The showbox and the moor, the crocodile and rebar, plus lots of new stuff, too. There's more to life than just coding, Jerry. Wow, I used to know that. I don't know what happened. Where are we, Chief? The commercial kitchen for Lifelong. At Lifelong, skilled staff and volunteers help clients overcome obstacles like poverty and food insecurity that stand between them and their best possible health. Uh-huh. Seems random but cool. I get it. Oh, oh, wait. Is that... Yep. Heather. No way. What's she doing? She's volunteering. Making meals for people in need. Go! Connect! What? I can't do that. I mean, 
that'd break the fourth wall and then there'd be a police cruiser in the lifelong kitchen. Jerry, you're on an extremely powerful hallucinogen. The normal rules don't apply. Oh. <laughs> Wait! Can I help you folks? Uh, uh, my friend has something he wanted to say. Uh, Heather, I, I, I mean, you're Heather with the Brillo pads, right? That's right. Wow, that was a while ago. Uh, what can I do for you? Uh, I, uh, I, uh, just... Yes? Uh, uh, come in, chief. <laughs> This is the chief. Go ahead. Roger that. On my way. <laughs> Sorry, Jerry. Duty calls. We gotta go. Happy New Year, Jerry! Ouch! Damn it! Chief Best? What is it about smooth transitions you spirits just don't understand? Yeah, don't tell me you're the spirit of Seattle yet to come. Here to show me what's in store. <coughs> so in the future, everyone has a terrible Seattle head cold. <coughs> hey, hey, put that down. That's my emergency radio. This is Cliff Mass with today's forecast. Along with a low, low pressure system, this puts us on target for a silent winter and a silent spring. Everybody in their own silos, earbuds in, listening to their personal echoes and confirmation biases. No conversation, no connections, no understanding, no misunderstandings, no art, no music, no poetry, nothing at all messy and unfathomable like human interaction. <laughs> okay. Okay, I get it, but what can I do about it? Get the door? There's never anybody there. Oh, crap. Okay, okay, I'll open the door. Hi, uh, Jerry, right? Heather, what are you doing here? I'm here to pick you up. You play the drums, right? Uh, yeah, I used to. I thought so. Well, we're forming a band to play at the Lifelong Benefit, and you were on the list. We go on right after Gay Bingo. We've got rehearsal in an hour. Look, uh... Look, I know I'm a little late to say this, but I saw practically every gig you ever played, and I think you're amazing, and I meant to say that at the doghouse in 1991, but instead I learned a program, and then one thing led to another, and anyway, you should know you're awesome. Um, thank you. 
does all this underwear belong to you? Yeah, but I'm doing laundry. Maybe tomorrow. Well, where are your sticks? Oh, in here somewhere. Well, find them. Everyone's waiting in the van. Look, Heather, I don't want to get ahead of myself because I'm not sure if you're real yet, but if you are, then this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. And if you're not, then I'll just have to go out and find you IRL. So are you coming? You bet. <laughs> All right, then. Let's go. <laughs> Shout out to Cliff Mass and Chief Best. Hey folks, we're gonna do a little uh, Tom Waits tune for you this evening. This uh, is maybe Tom Waits' only holiday tune. And um, yeah, I, I, I can't get through the season without it, so thank you for letting us share it with you. It is called Christmas Card from a Hooker in Minneapolis. <laughs> Living on Ninth Street, right above the dirty bookstore, off Euclid Avenue. I stopped taking dope, and I quit drinking whiskey. My old man plays the trombone. Works out at the track He says that he loves me Even though it's not his baby He says that he'll raise him up Like he was his old son Gave me a ring that was worn by his mother, and it takes me out dancing every Saturday night. Hey, Charlie, I think about you. Every time I pass the filling station On account of all that grease You used to wear in your hair I still have that record Little Anthony and the Imperials Oh, but someone stole my record player Now how do you After Mario got busted So I went back to Omaha 
is brought to you in part by Birthplace of Sandbox Radio Live, west of Lenin, the theater gallery and studio space located in the heart of Fremont, just five-minute walk west from statue of me, <laughs> Vladimir Ilyich Lenin. West of Lenin was created to offer a venue for Seattle's most adventurous artists, as well as the re-establishment of a permanent live performance venue in Fremont, the center of universe. Find venue and ticket information at westoflenin.com. the sledges with the bells, silver bells. What a world of merriment their melody foretells. How they tinkle, tinkle, tinkle in the icy air of night, while the stars that oversprinkle, all the heavens seem to twinkle with a crystalline delight. Keeping time, time, time in a sort of runic rhyme to the tintinabulation that so musically wells from the bells. 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 From the jingling and the tinkling of the bells. Bells. 
Hear the mellow wedding bells, golden bells. What a world of happiness their harmony foretells. Through the balmy air of night, how they ring out their delight from the molten golden notes and all in tune, what a liquid ditty floats to the turtle dove that listens while she gloats on the moon. Oh, from out the sounding cells, what a gush of euphony voluminously wells. How it swells, how it dwells on the future, how it tells of the rapture that impels to the swinging and the ringing of the bells. Of the bells. 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 To the rhyming and the chiming of the bells. Hear the loud alarm bells. Brazen bells. What a tale of terror now their turbulency tells. In the startled ear of night, how they scream out their affright. Too much horrified to speak, they can only shriek, shriek out of tune. In a clamorous appealing to the mercy of the fire, in a mad expostulation with the deaf and frantic fire, leaping higher, higher. with a desperate desire and a resolute endeavor, now, now to sit or never by the side of the pale-faced moon. Oh, the bells! Bells. What a tale their terror tells of despair! How they clang and clash and roar! What a horror they outpour on the bosom of the palpitating air! Yet the ear it fully knows by the twanging and the clanging how the danger ebbs and flows. Yet the ear distinctly tells in the jangling and the wrangling how the danger sinks and swells by the sinking or the swelling in the anger of the bells. Of the bells. Of the bells. 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 In the clamor and the clangor of the bells. Hear the tolling of the bells. Iron bells. What a world of solemn thought their monody in the silence of the night, how we shiver with affright at the melancholy menace of their tone. For every sound that floats from the rust within their throats is a groan. And the people, ah, the people, they that dwell up in the steeple all alone, and who tolling, in that muffled monotone, feel a glory in so rolling on the human heart a stone. They are neither man nor woman, they are neither brute nor human, they are ghouls, and their king it is who tolls, and he rolls. A pain from the bells, and his merry bosom swells with the pain of the bells, and he dances and he yells, keeping time in a sort of runic rhyme to the pain of the bells, of the bells, keeping time in a sort of runic rhyme to the throbbing of the bells, to the sobbing of the bells, keeping time as he knells in a happy runic rhyme to the rolling of the bells, of the bells, bells. 
to the tolling of the bells. Of the bells. 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 To the moaning and the groaning of the bells. Welcome to the Lifelong Thrift Store. Can I help you find something? Why, yes, thank you. I am looking for a bowling shirt. One that is authentically vintage, but not so authentically vintage that it is actually valuable. And that has the team logo for a, a butcher shop, a tool and die maker, or some other anachronistic small business emblazoned across the back that I can wear ironically, but secretly think that it actually looks good on me. <laughs> and if it could have an embroidered patch on the front breast bearing a name other than my own, that would be preferable. That entire wall over there. Whoa. Why, thank you, young shop girl. Wow, this is great. When I walk into Sunset Bowl tonight, everyone will think I just threw on this super cool shirt because it was all I had clean or something. Perfect. Um, Sunset Bowl isn't there anymore. Developers tore it down and built condos. Oh, say it isn't so. Years ago. Well, I guess I'll just head up to Leilani Lanes instead. Sorry, they closed that too. It's like my entire 20s and early 30s is being turned into condominiums and street-level multi-use retail units. Things change, I guess. At least you guys haven't changed. You mean lifelong? You dudes have been around here for like... Forever! Well, our chicken soup brigade has been delivering meals to people in need since the mid-1980s. See? Exactly the same! <laughs> Not even close, dude. With the community support over the years, we've expanded our mission, providing services like access to safe housing and reliable transportation to doctor's appointments. That is extremely cool. You see, successfully battling something like a chronic illness is almost impossible if you're medically fragile, low income, and without a support system. Oh yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Our case managers work with clients to identify what needs aren't being met, and Lifelong fills the gaps. Last year alone, we hand-delivered almost 200,000 healthy meals made from scratch and over 36,000 bags of groceries. Whoa! You can pay for all that just by selling ironic bowling shirts? <laughs> I'll take these, if you please. <laughs> Not exactly. Shopping at our Capitol Hill thrift store is a great way to help, but there are other ways to give like buying tickets to fundraising events. Gay Bingo 2020, A Space Odyssey, is coming up on January 11th. Gay Bingo sounds awesome! It is! 
Just go online to lifelong.org to find out how to get tickets or make a donation. What's that web address again? www.lifelong.org. Check it out. Thanks for the tip, young shop girl. You're most welcome, dude. See you at K-Bingo 2020? You most certainly will. Lifelong, opening doors to food, housing, and health for over 30 years. Chinos from Italia and Folgers from Cuba. 
inspired. Oh, Compromise is easy to do. Sometimes you have to close your eyes. It's not so hard. Being rich is no disgrace. To find a buyer for you. Put on your shoes and join the race. When money talks, it has a very soothing Ooh, voice. You're under its spell. It's up to you to make the choice. while tap dancing completely naked. It's a shame you listeners at home can't see this amazing spectacle. Open the town hall dome! Opening the town hall dome! 
4400? Range 4400! How you doing in there, E-Ray? It's kind of snug. Okay, light the fuse! And five, four, three, two, one! Excuse me while I kiss the sky! I'm alright! It's so nice to have When you start to preach and moralize that we all are in the game, and brother, its name is compromise. Everybody selling out. You're listening to Sandbox Radio. Subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher so you never miss an episode. Save the date for our first show of 2020. Sandbox Radio, be prepared. Coming up at Town Hall Seattle on April 27th. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram to find out when tickets go on sale and catch up on any episodes you missed by checking out our podcast archive in the meantime at sandboxradio.org. Now back to Journey's End and another holiday treat from Rich Gray. Send no. second class, no. this one'll pass no. One envelope sent oh. by a door Look, no 
address, this one's a mess. What does it say? A throwaway. Want overnight? Send it by flight. No guarantee where it might be. Whoops, there's a dent, not my intent. This needs a stand, something to stand. Can't send the shipping if it is dripping. Smells like perfume, stinks up the room. This one carries in some fish. than I thought. Careful, don't knock over that stack of magazines. It'll start an avalanche. Uh, I used to think executor was such a classy word. I did not know that what it really means is you have to clean up 10 tons of junk when your hoarder mother dies. I can't believe she lived like this. Where did she sleep? Can we just hire a bulldozer? Tempted, trust me. But at the funeral, Aunt Bonnie pulled me aside. Annie, you listen to me. Your mom has about 35000 in cash in that house. And some art, little figurines, worth a fortune. I'm guessing the treasure will be a stash of S&H green stamps. I say we root around until noon. If we don't find anything, we call it quits and send for the professionals. Deal. I'll start with these old phone books and this fine collection of empty tab cans and... Oh, fuck! What? What did you find? Uh, a hand. A hand? Like a human hand? Yeah. Well, wait. It gets better. It's holding a note. Let me see. Oh, jeez. This is Mom's handwriting. What's it say? Carol, Anne, if you're reading this, I'm dead. You're probably wondering whose hand this is. Yeah, I'm a little curious. Not what one expects to find lying around. If I told you the story, my whole journey from start to finish, you wouldn't believe me. You gotta find out yourself. But here's a clue to rev up your engines. This is your father's hand. The dad you knew, wonderful guy, a real mensch, but did not contribute his genes to your DNA. DNA, DNA, DNA. Whoa. Where do we start? How about with that class ring the hand is wearing? What's it say? August Mobius High, Looperville, class of 77. I bet they've got yearbooks. Well, high school libraries haven't changed much since we were in school. Shh. 
sorry. Hmm, yes. Well, that's kind of odd. What do you mean? Look, that map still has the Soviet Union. Hmm. There's a telephone book. And weirdest of all is what's missing. Not a computer in sight. Hello. Look at you. Are you two sisters? Yes, identical twins, in fact. I'm the high school librarian, which you might assume is not that interesting, but I could tell you stories. I'm sure you could. We wanted to see if you kept yearbooks. Oh, we do indeed. What year? 1977. (gasps) That's my year. May I ask why you want the book? Well, our mother died last week and left us a note explaining our dad wasn't our biological father. And she left us a clue that led us here. A class ring. (gasps) Your mother was Margaret Gravitas! Shh! Sorry. You have her clavicle. Stormy waters lay between us. It's a miracle blood was never spilt. But unless we find out that time itself is an illusion, the past is the past, and I shan't hold your mother's sins against you. The yearbook? Hmm. Not even quite sure what we're looking for. Yeah. Well, as sure as shine on harvest moon, you won't be finding your father in those pages. What? Funny thing about the class of 77... By chance alone, it was comprised of 70 girls and 7 boys. So it's one of those 7 boys. That makes it easy. By another unlikely coincidence, all 7 of the lads had attached earlobes. Uh-huh. Where are you going with this book, lady? Your mother, Margaret Gravitas, also had attached earlobes. A recessive genetic trait. But look at you, you twins. You both have detached lobes. None of those seven gents in question could be your father. But the ring. Oh, let me see this ring. Here. Oh. When you ask about a ring, you you don't expect the whole hand. Sorry, that was unnecessarily dramatic. (laughs) Perhaps, but very effective. Oh, uh, look at that. The stone is topaz. Uh, Our our school stone is garnet. So, wrong school? Well, yes and no. It's a ring from the alternate Mobius High School. Alternate, like, uh, Montessori High School? No, uh, as an alternate universe. (laughs) We're built on a fissure in the fabric of the multiverse. A crack between worlds. Everything and everyone has a counterpart. It's entirely possible your mother was involved with someone from the alternate school. (gasps) That's trashy. I have a newfound respect for her. Do you have a yearbook for the alternate universe? Of course not. That would be far, far too dangerous. If a yearbook of ours came into contact with a yearbook of theirs, they would annihilate each other and cause a huge destructive release of energy. Shh, sorry. 
Your only course of action is to travel there interdimensionally. Take this. It's sort of a quantum hall pass. I'm sorry, a what? Take it and find Emil. Emil? This must be the alternate Mobius High School. Oh, look at that poster. Class of 1977 prom. Uh, My STEM-focused education is letting me down. Ah, there you are, right on time. I've been waiting negative 42 years for the daughters of Margaret Gravitas to show up to complete the loop. I was here at the moment of your relativity-defying conception. And you are... Mr. Bunsen, the science teacher. Oh, and P.E. as well. You said you've been waiting for us? On prom night 1977, your mother sneaks over to this universe to buy beer. There's a lower drinking age. She chances to run into Emil Swizzle, captain of the intramural quilting team. Quilting team? We're very into crafts here at the alternate Mobius High. Hey, haven't seen you around here before. There's a very technical reason for that. Light here travels too fast. Can I show you my churn dash? Under the slow light of the moon, a baby was conceived. Baby singular? But what about... When a person and an alternate person conceive, that offspring straddles the line between states of matter. Its very existence could cause a huge, destructive release of energy. So, I worked with the 4-H sponsor, Mrs. Shalek. Bunsen! Yes, Shalek? To save everyone involved, we have to create a parallax pregnancy. Split the baby into two mirror embryos. But that's never been done before. Don't you freaking check it out on me now! So, Anne and I were... We used to be one one person? person? No, you still are! And because we are here decades in the past, I think I can safely integrate you. What? No! Mr. Bunsen? Where did he go? I... Oh, I... I'm not twins anymore. I'm not... Carol and Anne, I'm Carol Ann. Holy Gorgonzola. Hi. Hi. Uh, are you okay? You seem a little out of sorts. I'm kind of having an identity crisis, but also maybe a paradigm shift. I <laughs> Sort of a one of those nights where things happen suddenly? Yeah. Well, in keeping with that, you want to go to prom with me? Um, when's prom? In about five minutes. I'm Miles. Uh... Carol Ann, it's so funny. Not an hour ago, I was twin middle-aged sisters cleaning up our dead mother's hoarder house. And it was 2019. Can I take that as a yes? Oh my God. What is 
that sound. That's Journey. They don't have that where I'm from. It's so... It's it's like magic. It's, it's awakening in me. Look, is, is there like a janitor's closet we can go to where we can still hear this shitney? Journey. Journey. Come on, I really... Wow, come on! Uh, okay. Oh! Oh! Incredible. I like you, new girl. You have beautiful collarbones. And you have beautiful hands. Oh my god. Let me see your hand. No. Oh no, wait. You said your name was Miles. Yeah, that's what they call me. I'm from Toronto. My real name is Emile. Oh my god, I gotta get out of here. Carolyn! There you are! Oh my god! I just had sex in a janitor's closet with my future father! Oh my god, what time is it? Uh, it's about ten after eight! Oh no! I've missed my period! I'm pregnant! Can it get weirder? Yes, it can! Remember when the librarian in the other universe said... Everyone has a counterpart! Well, in an unusual and unexpected turn of events, your mother's counterpart was a boy named Emile who had detached earlobes. My mother came here and got herself pregnant? A gutsy move on your part. <laughs> my part? I thought we were talking about my mother. Oh my God, you don't mean... Yes, you loop back in time and become your mother. No! And later in life, you become the librarian. And Emile grows up to be a science teacher who is me, but also you, since your mother is Emile, and you are your mother! It just goes on like this for... Forever! The time loop is unbreakable. There's no way to generate enough energy to reverse the equation. Wait, do you have a yearbook? Yes, I have Emile's. I was just about to sign it. To one of my brightest students, Emile. Stay cool and have a great summer. Snatch. Give that back! It's time to end this madness. I can't let you leave this universe with that book! Yeah, except I still have the hall pass. No! <laughs> well, well, well. I knew you'd come crawling back. Messing with the space-time continuum isn't exactly the easier you thought it would be, is it? Margaret Gravitas ruined me, and now I shall have my revenge. <laughs> I need that yearbook. Oh, I give up. Here, take it. Hmm. Okay, let's see. Emil, Emil, Emil. Aha! Emil Swizzle lost his hand to a table saw during woodshop right here at August Mobius High. If I bring the two yearbooks together, That'll destroy the saw. And if Emil never loses his hand, this whole day will be reset. And if that happens, all of this will be reversed. The time loop will be broken. Oh, I like you better as twins. Here goes nothing. Oh, geez, Andy. It's worse than I thought. Careful, Carl. Don't knock over that stack of magazines. It'll start an avalanche. You know, I used to think executor was such a classy word. 
I did not know that what it really means is you have to clean up tens of tons of junk when your hoarder mother dies. I can't believe she lived like this. Where did she sleep? Holy shit. You find something? Yeah! $35,000 in cash!
and welcome to Sandbox Radio's Vermin Notes. The program devoted to the nasty critters with whom we share this filthy world. Tonight, in a very special installment of Vermin Notes, we'll be discussing seasonal vermin. Those vile, dirty things that come but once a year. Like reindeer lice. Yes, those frisky devils that pull Santa's sleigh are crawling with little blood-sucking insects that gleefully find their way down your chimney and into your children's bed, clothes, and hair. If you get reindeer lice, burn all soft goods in your home and shave your kids. Consider a turpentine bath. Then there are mistletoe spiders. You go in for a smooch and they drop down onto your head. Or your open mouth, if that's how you kiss. Their venom will cause your tongue to swell up like a pretty pink balloon. Try caroling with that behind your lips. Christmas tree rats have a special, whimsical trick. They curl up and pretend to be furry little ornaments. Waiting for that moment to jump out and bite your exposed flesh. giving you the Christmas gift of rabies. Eggnog worms will give you a nasty case of maids a-milking. Fruitcake rot is caused by tiny adorable snails that feed on dried sultanas. There's a species of miniature hedgehog that loves to curl up in the toe of a hung stocking. Careful you don't lose a finger to that last satsuma. Boxing Day box wasps are no joke. (laughs) The Epiphany Burrowing Flea treats every human orifice as if it had a flashing neon open for business sign. Christmas isn't the only holiday riddled with nauseating nuisances. If dreidel fungus gets under your nails, kiss those hands goodbye. The popping of New Year's Eve champagne corks sends the common possum into a murderous rage. Hundreds of people are killed every year as they joyously celebrate what they thought would be life's next chapter. Hopefully, you'll be able to vanquish all these festive vermin in time to contract ocular syphilis on Valentine's Day. Until next time. This has been a special holiday edition of Sandbox Radio's Vermin Notes. Helping you get to know the festive, filthy world around you. Happy Holidays!
chapter 25, the final battle, in which our brave heroes reach the eternal tower to face Morbonay, the dread Lady of Shadow. Come, we must reach the top of the tower. Oh, serpent's tooth! This locked door blocks our path! Move! Ignis has key! Door open now. Not exactly the most perfect of entrances, you big lug. Now, every tabby within 24 whisker lengths knows we're here. And why should they not? It would be most distasteful to creep into our final battle like a spineless tadpole. Quick and quiet beats brush and stupid every time. Ah, it's a waste of breath to try to teach honor to cowards. Ah, it's a good thing we've pledged to this quest. Or else I'd be batting you senseless between my paws like a tasty snack. Can you fuzzball come here? Cat friend and lizard friend not fight. Please remember our task. Quickly before Morbonay's spell is complete and the kingdom is plunged into everlasting darkness. Guardians of the four circles, present your amulets. I, Sierzo. Fairy, handmaiden of the eastern winds, do offer up the amulet of the light. I, Bohemond, faithful reptilian knight of sacred salamander, do offer up the amulet of the seas. I, Ocelotina, master cutthroat of the fleet-footed feline queen, do offer up the amulet of the forest. And Ignis, rock giant, has rock. It's called the Amulet of Stones. God, that's what Ignis say, has rock. I suppose that's close enough. Now, where is the chosen one? Where is the chosen one? She was right here a minute ago. I thought she was right behind me. Here! I got kind of stuck back behind that smashed up door. Oops. Sorry, human friend. No worries, big guy. Whoa. Is this the Eternal Tower? This place is crazy. Is this where we do the thing? Yes. After you fuse these four amulets, we can imprison the Lady of Shadows in this tower and save the kingdom. And then you shall be returned safely to your world. Are you ready to fulfill your destiny? Yeah, about that. <gasps> what? Wait, what in the name of catnip is that? God thyself, the Lady of Shadows, she is a Well, well, you pitiful mortals have come to try to stop me. How quaint. 
But I'm afraid it's time for you to die. Come to me, Shadow Wicks. I summon thee! What are those dark, ghosty-looking things? Shadow Wicks. If they touch you, they suck away your nine lives one by one. I don't have nine lives. I only have the one. Really? Oh, that's unfortunate. Go forth, my dark minions! Destroy them! Ha! Have at it, villains! Taste my scaly steel! <laughs> my bone talon darts fly straight and true! And rocks! And as foretold in the prophecy, the combined power of the four circles shall banish you for 10,000 years. Oh, really, Sierzo? And how can you fuse the amulets? Everyone knows no living creature born of this land can hold all four without perishing in a ball of everlasting flame. That is why Marcy was brought here from a land beyond space and time to join the four circles together in harmony and save the kingdom. Reveal the amulets. Go ahead, chosen one. Okay. I, Marcy, do hereby fuse the four amulets and... Um, What's the matter? Um, I just remembered something about the prophecy. You guys can't be in here when I combine the amulets or else you'll burn up. Yeah, everlasting flame and all that. Really? But that's not, not anywhere in the Hallowed Scrolls. Well, yeah, it's kind of a new thing that only I know about. Chosen One stuff, you know? So maybe you could all just step out for a minute? Just call us back when the deed is done. Do your worst, unworldly fiend. For I am eternal. Lived a thousand endless lifetimes and just shut up for a minute, will you? What do you say we make a deal? What sort of deal? If you agree to call off the whole everlasting darkness thing, maybe I could figure out a way to let you go? Excuse me? Um you do know who I am, right? The Lady of Shadows, enemy of all that is good and pure? Yeah, yeah. But I also know you probably don't want to be stuck up in this tower for the next 10,000 years. So why not take the deal? And then you could still continue to do your thing around the kingdom, but on a smaller scale. I'm not asking you to give up evil entirely, just maybe like a little less evil. Oh, I can't believe this. You would betray your companions? I mean, phew, that's pretty low. Even by my standards. I'm not betraying anyone. I just... Marcy, everything okay there? Why take so long? It just needs snack. It's fine. I'm just in the middle of 
confusing things. Hey, guardians, your chosen one is trying to betray you. Shut up! Oh, the evil one lied. Did someone address the word betrayal? Marcy would never do that. It's some kind of dirty trick. Oh, just ask her. She was going to let me go. What do you think about that, huh? What? Can this be true? No, human friend. Say it no so. Uh, it's not like that. I wasn't trying to betray anyone. I just... I don't want to go back. To your home world, why not? Because this crazy adventure has been the best thing that's ever happened to me. Sure, I'm hungry and tired, and I haven't washed my hair for like a month, and we almost died like a million times, but I've never felt so alive before, and just good. Like I'm actually doing something true and brave and important. I would have given you a proper tongue grooming if you'd asked. I know you would have, Ostlatina, because you guys are awesome. I'm just this stranger who popped out of thin air and somehow you accepted me and protected me without question. It's like we're a real team, you know? I never felt that before. Not with anyone. I mean, Bohemond even sacrificed his tail to save me from a flock of raven ghouls. It was an honorable sacrifice, my lady, and it'll grow back eventually. Look, I know how this is going to end. I'll wake up back in the real world and this will all have been a dream. And then it's back to working at the office and watching Netflix on the weekends and eventually I'll forget this feeling that I was ever a real hero. So I thought, if I just let Morbonet go, we could keep chasing her a little longer, and then the story wouldn't have to end. It was totally selfish of me. I'm really sorry. Well, I'll just go ahead and fuse these amulets Wait! Maybe the furless one has a point there. What? Has that gone mad? Well, now that the four circles are at peace, I'll be out of a job as a master cutthroat. And my mum will get on my case about having a litter, and uh, why don't I settle down? And, uh, you know, like kittens? Of course I like kittens. I just wouldn't mind tracing evil around a little longer. And since there shan't be any more battles, the knighthood will be assigned to toll road duty again. So tiresome. And I'll be back at the Wind Temple selling optimistic love fortunes and twinkle charms to the tourists. I forgot how much I hate tourists. Ignis have to go back to writing his novel. And Ignis still have bad writer's block. So, what are you guys saying? I suppose it wouldn't be the worst thing if Morbonet just happened to elude us for the time being? So, maybe I'll just accidentally drop the amulets out of the tower and our new quest will be tracking them down. And then we can continue- Stop! Stop this nonsense. I can't believe you with your pathetic, boring lives. You know what? If you're going back to those lives is the worst thing that can happen to you, then that's what you get. I'd rather be locked in this tower in peace and quiet than have to keep dealing with you, whiny idiots! Stop! She's got the amulets! See you losers in 10,000 years! Uh-oh! She fused the amulets!
toilet. Does this mean? <gasps> Sleep at your desk again. I did? Oh. Of course I did. Hey, hey, who's up for happy hour tonight? Ooh, hells yeah. Well, I'm not really feeling up to it today. Well, we might as well drink up while we can. That new hot shot consultant is gonna lay off all our asses in the reorg any day now. I just don't understand why this is happening. Our team is doing really well, so why would they change things? It's just so unfair. That's capitalism for you. We little people don't matter to the bottom line, and there's nothing we can do about that. Wait. Maybe there is. A battle against impossible odds? A malevolent dark villain who threatens the land? Maybe what we need is a quest. Um, a what? Chapter one. The beginning, in which our heroes embark upon an epic journey to save their kingdom. One that will change their lives forever. Come on, just follow me! Voices. 
sound of one voice, one people, one voice, a song for every one of us. This is the sound of Ashley Bagwell, David Gehrman, Kelly Mack, Bob Williams, Jason Mark, Lisa Holland, Laura Kinney, Mariana DeFazio, Richard Zarman. And I'm your host for Sandbox Radio, Leslie Law. And please do give it up again for our special guest, Cliff Mack. Liam Long, tenor Rob McPherson, soprano Megan Renee Harwell, and we love her so much, Seattle's chief of police, the amazing Carmen Betts. John Geyer on the saxophone. Evan Mosher on trumpet. Chris Monroe on drums. Dave Pascal on the bass. Dave Marion on the trombone. Rich Gray, Elizabeth Heffron, Maggie Lee, Edgar Allan Poe, and Wayne Raleigh. We want to thank Town Hall, as always, for being our home with a special shout-out 
Bruno, Shane, Ashley, Shirley, Haley, Olivia, and of course, our dear friend and uh, champion, Ware Harmon. We love you. Our stage managers were Susie Butler and Colleen Nielsen, and the show was mixed by Ryan Keyes and recorded by Brian Moynihan. So, sing along with us on this last song, won't ya? We think you know the tune. It's that time of year. End was recorded in front of a live audience at Town Hall Seattle on December 30th, 2019. The live show was sound engineered by Ryan Keyes, recorded by Brian Moynihan, and this podcast was mixed by Dave Pascal. Lyrics for the Coffee Grinder Suite and the UPS Bell Carol were written by Rich Gray. Additional piano accompaniment in this episode was by Mark Robbie. Special thanks to Maria Lamarca Anderson and the staff at Seattle's Police Department for making Chief Best's appearance possible. Subscribe to the podcast of our show in your favorite podcatcher and leave a review to help others find us. Stream full episodes, find artist credits, live show information, and learn how to become a sustaining donor of Sandbox Radio at sandboxradio.org. I'm your host, Leslie Law, and on behalf of co-producer Richard Zyman and all of us here at Sandbox Radio, thanks for listening.